Welcome to the Humor in Games podcast, an analog and video games podcast about how humor is experienced, designed, and analyzed in games. We are Scott DeYoung, Mark Lajeunesse, and Andre Zanescu, and we'll be your guides in this six-episode series. Throughout each episode, we'll break down different theories and forms of humor. We'll draw on interviews with designers, critics, and academics as they discuss the different aspects of humor, their own lived experiences, and how their work utilizes humor in games. This week we talk with Narf, a game designer and podcaster who has experimented with humor in their independent and collaborative projects. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of like who you are as a game designer? Yeah, um, so I mean, I think there's two aspects for me. It's like there's one part that is like work at work, my job, my day job, and there's my night life. Yeah. Or my hobbies, if you if you can say that. Um, so, like on my day job, I'm a game designer at Ludia. So I'm working on mobile games, the free-to-play kinds with the big license with big dinosaurs uh, mm-hmm. from the Jurassic Park uh, franchise. Okay. So that's my day job. Uh, you'll probably notice there's not much humor in there. <laughs> because it's it's a very quote-unquote serious game <laughs> okay. and then on my nightlife uh it's like i i put the batman mask and i become i don't know some sort of weird game designer who just follow i just follow my my passions whatever i find interesting in i just dive into it, dive into the rabbit hole, and then go so deep that nobody, like none of my friends understand anymore what I'm doing. (laughs) And uh, like, if if you ask me these days, I'm not even like, on my personal life, I'm not doing much in terms of games. I'm more into like electronics and then uh, music these days it's a lot of music like you're that's... designing your own music huh like you're designing your own music you mean yeah 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 i'm learning tools to make music doing some com- uh, composing okay. um yeah that kind of stuff which is very much not funny i i, I guess although sometimes you get a, a like I'm, I'm into synthesizers, and sometimes you get a funny noise, and I'm like, "Whoa, I'm gonna use this funny noise," and I imagine a story for the for a song. It's like, "Oh, this is like a bunch of robots that are like all derpy and they're singing." <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's that's super fair. I mean, Sound Studies has some amazing like humorous things you can do. Uh, Mark Mark's a musician himself. I'm sure he can definitely relate to what you're saying there. I agree. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm very um, new to this, so like I don't I don't have much to say. Like I'm very much learning. Yeah, we'll focus on the games today because I mean that's the focus of the podcast. Yeah, of course, of course. You're kind of that transition. Yeah, I mean well, it's that's the story of my life. Always f- focusing and running around doing whatever interests me, and like the, the games that I've shared with you. Um the like all the game jam games they were they were all based on that it was like oh it would be interesting to do something like this 
and then we do it either mm. by myself or with friends during a game jam and that's the game right um I mean, so before we kind of get into your games, I also wanted to just kind of ask you, like, what are some games that you would say are humorous that you've played before that you think are like a funny game? That's a tough question because uh, there's like games that have a hard time being funny. Like sometimes they will try to be funny and there's always problem with timings or with expectation. And while I will read the text or hear the cutscene, and it's funny, I'm not laughing mm -hmm. like you would laugh when you watch something that's not a game, but is funny. Um, okay, I mean that makes sense. Like, what? But why would you like what? What's the difference then for you there? Like, why would you laugh then, say, like in a movie uh, for something that's funny versus in a game? I, my head. Okay. Not. Yeah. Some people way smarter than me have have written articles and texts about like what what how to do something funny and how to write uh, funny moments and make the player laugh in games. I'm pretty sure it was like. Tim Schafer, who wrote stuff like it's all about all about the timing. Um, like you need you need the setting. You need the game kind of have to tell you like, okay, now here comes a funny moment, and then build up to it, and then tell the joke, and then you and then it's you laugh. Right. So. But that's when you try to write a cutscene or a dialogue that is funny. And to I think this is probably not the best way of making a funny game. Whereas some games have pretty much no writing, but are super funny. And I'm thinking of, oh, what's the name? Watam. Have you heard of Watam? No, I don't think so. Okay, it's the latest game by the creator of, of Katamari Damacy. Okay. Um, what's his name? Tak Takaishi, something like that. It's a Japanese guy. Um, the guy who made Katamari, which was kind of funny and also weird, and now he made uh, Watam. And there's pretty much no dialogue or very little. Um, it's all speech, uh, like speech icon. They they speech with icons and stuff. But there's some really funny moment in there when you play with other people around. Like what what I'm trying to say is um, that's another thing. Like what makes a game funny? It's when like often playing alone. It's like there's no context for laughing but when you're playing with other people who are kind of laughing and now you have a build up or an, an audience for your laugh I don't know yeah. yeah I mean I think that actually comes across in some of the work that you shared with us prior to the interview like I Mark and I were playing the uh, I forget the name of it where you're like directing the rocket ship uh, 
Mark was quite good at getting his gnomes, and I was horrible at getting my flamingos. Uh, oh, you played it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> oh, nice. It was great. Uh, it. I felt very accomplished when I beat him. It was great. You you use you you plug two mouse and it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah it worked. Oh, nice. <laughs> this this was such an experiment. Like this game, we want we were like, can we plug two mice? Like it used to work like like when I was in preschool or something, we would we would do that plug two mouse in the computer and then fight for the cursor or something like that. And I guess I brought this idea with my friends at the game jam saying like, hey, you know, I remember this, like we were fighting for the mouse. Like, does it does it work nowadays? Like modern windows, does, if you plug two, two mouse in the computer, does it, does it work? And it totally did. So we were like, oh shit, let's make a game out of this. <laughs> and the game built itself. <laughs> Right, so in that context, you kind of went with like the idea for it first, and then you kind of were like, how do I make it funny? Or did you already think that idea itself was kind of funny? I mean, fighting for a mouse cursor is already funny. Like, because like the two, it, as soon as there's like gesture involved and you want to go fast, you need to press fast. Like, it's like those Mario Party game where you like mash buttons and stuff. It becomes funny because like, your muscle are doing some quick action as fast as possible and you're trying to do it more quickly than the opponent, than your friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then it becomes, and then you start laughing because like what you're doing is so ridiculous. Like you're mashing a button, you're rotating the joystick in Mario Party, or you're just like shoving the, the mice of the computer mice around to like, no, 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 bring the cursor on my side. And you're like, ah, and and people like just start laughing. I don't, I don't even know why. It just it just happened. Like, but they all laugh. Like, I I don't think anybody have played this game without being laughing or smiling. Well, that's really interesting because I mean, Mark and I talked slightly after, but like, is there a point when this game becomes frustrating for one player? Because um, I mean, we only played it a few times, and Mark was definitely better than me every single time we played. But uh -huh. and I enjoyed it. But I was like, we talked about like, is there a point where you know, playing this game too much, there becomes a level of frustration? And so far as a designer, is there like, is that a consideration when you design these kind of crazy mechanics that like you might be frustrating your players and taking away from the joke? Uh, if 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 we were doing a longer game, then for sure, we would I would consider that. Like as a designer, you design the experience, so of course you think about those things. In this for this game, uh, I was we were doing a game jam game, which means that player will play it for about thirty seconds, and maybe they will replay it once or twice. But they will get they'll get the idea and say, "But I got the idea," and then I can stop playing. Uh, this is usually what happened. Um, so for this particular example, for No, I'm the Captain, like, we didn't think too much about, like, the longevity of the game. Right. The game yeah. was meant, was made in, like, two, three days, and then played for a few, in a few events, and that that's it. Right. I mean, 
So, I mean, talking about a game that looks like it had a little bit of a longer life, I, I, again, I couldn't find the name for it, but the, the one where you're controlling catching the fish with the water bowls? It's called uh, A Fishing Game with Actual Water. Right, okay, so that's the actual title. I wasn't sure that's that was the actual it. title. I'm very proud of this title because, yeah. Yeah, no, well, if you want to, just because for the nature of the podcast, if you want to just kind of talk about that game a little bit and kind of your, your design process for it, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so fish, a fishing game with actual water. There was um, this person online, she organized a fishing game jam. And I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. And a few months before that, I saw a video for the Makey Makey, which is like a device that you can plug anything into it, and then it turns into input for a computer. And you can use it for like... I don't know, build build up crazy controllers. So when I saw this game jam, I was like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to buy this device and do something with it. Like I now I have an excuse to buy it <laughs> instead of just, oh, it would be cool. And mm-hmm. so I I don't exactly how the idea came from, but it was really like I want to make a fishing game with real water with and I'm going to use this device because I think it will work. And I didn't know how it would work, but I knew I wanted to use real water. And I guess I knew I wanted to be two-player because I wanted like some sort of a fight between the two. Oh, I guess. Oh, no, there, that's true. There's, there was another game. Um, oh, what's his name? There's a guy, it's a, he's famous for making weird controller games. And uh, it was a game called Punch the Goo or something like that, where there's a ball of like yeah. gooey stuff. I don't remember what's the, it's the, it's cornstash. Cornstash and water, you, it makes a weird goo. And he made a game about playing with this goo. And he thought it was very funny to punch it. So he made a game called like Punch the Goo or something like that, in which you had to punch it as fast as you can in in 30 seconds. And I was like, I want to do this, but with a fishing game with real water. And then that's how the idea came from. Right. Okay, I mean, it's a really, it's a really cool, it kind of had, like, also, like, the Dance Dance Revolution or kind of, like, because you had to hit the arrows, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, with with real with real water, and if you're if you want to know like how my design intention influenced the game, like there's some details in the game. Like at first, the fish goes slowly for for the two players to learn the mechanic, hmm. but I realized quickly that if they fall very slowly or very few fish at a time, then the player have time to move his hand from each ball of water without splashing too much and then i was like but this is boring i want i want lots of splashing so i i grad the the game gradually increase in speed and there's more and more fish until i think at the end there's like just way more fish than you can possibly hit so the player go into some sort of frenzy where they just try to like Splash, 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 and then by going quickly, splash more water around, and this is very funny. <laughs> no, it, it looked hilarious. It also looked quite fun to play. Um, 
And so like, I guess in that design process, so you were asking kind of yourself as like, I mean, I made this mechanic, it works, but it, it could be funnier is kind of what you, you went through there. It's like it, like at first I tried to build the prototype and I'm like, okay, it works, but I want more splashing. So I'm going to try increasing the speed over time and then which increased the splashing, which was more funny. Yeah, no, and <laughs> I totally get that. I guess what I'm, I'm curious is like, did you kind of, so when you're in the design process, but you kind of have this idea and it sounds like you were inspired with this idea of um, the, the punch the goop where you wanted to see if you could use water to kind of make the game. And so I'm curious is like, to when did your, your desire to make the game funny come into that design process? Was that like always an intention of like, this will just be funny intentionally because they're already splashing in the bowls? Like when you thought about that, was that, was is humor kind of there from the get-go or did it kind of come later on once you've kind of hammered out the mechanics? I see. Um, so basically you're asking, was it my intention to make a humorous game before I started doing it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think so. I think, I mean, this is the, 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 like the, the thin line between funny and fun. Like, usually you want to make a game that is fun, and being funny and laughing is one way of doing it. Um, I mean, I guess, like, it's been a while. I don't remember exactly what was my thought process, but I guess because I wanted to build a game with real water, um, I, I, like, I kind of knew it would be ridiculous. And, and I guess I went to, I don't know. I don't know if I wanted to be funny or if I just wanted lots of splashing. Okay. Which, which was my, my, it's like, I wanted to, the players to get wet. <laughs> so maybe I made it for me, for me to laugh at the players. <laughs> I mean, that's so technically a humor game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny for me at least, and the player think like they seems to find it very funny also. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the questions we have as well. Is like uh, as a designer who's designing, you know, somewhat funny games with somewhat funny mechanics, is are you designing around like what you consider funny or do you kind of consider, Oh, I think my audience might actually find this funny, even if I don't find this to be like the funniest thing ever. Uh, it depends. There are some games I made uh, that I, th I think I'm the only one finding it funny or fun. Sometimes I make game just for myself. I mean, the audience is myself. This game will be played by me and probably no one else will get it. Um, and not not necessarily in terms of a joke, but in terms of it's so weird and obtuse. Do you have no an example? Well, I made a game called Light Game, and it's about, it's more of a decoration than a game. It's like there's little squares of light that appears on the screen, but the pattern only changed every five minutes. So you're, the game is basically wait until 
all the little squares are lit, but it's random, so you can wait a very long time. And then when they all lit, you can click in the screen and you level up and there's more square to light up and they <laughs> slightly change color. <laughs> and so it takes hours and days to, to play this game, like months to, to reach like the end game. And there's like maybe two people I know who played it <laughs> because nobody gets it. So this is not funny. I didn't make this thinking like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna laugh at the player. I was trying to design a different kind of experience, more a Zen experience, more of a like a, a game that tests your patience. Right. But it's the same kind of design. It's like the intention was to make something Zen, so I made it and tweaked it. Like the five minute rule was not meant as a joke, but as a like, well, that's how the game worked. The, the game is for patient people. Um, when trying to make a funny game or a ridiculous game, I'm going to design it. I'm going to tweak the design to, um, to get to the ridiculous, to get to the funny. Right. So for a lot of, like, it sounds like maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but for you, humor kind of comes in after you kind of had your idea for a game where it's like you have this idea for a mechanic or, or how to kind of create the overall project and then you kind of think now what can i tweak about this that i personally find kind of humorous yeah i i think so like i mean for me i'm sure people there are some people who start designing saying like i want to make a funny game but mm -hmm. me usually i it starts with something else like a, either a mechanic or an intention or um, usually for the the funny games it's it's usually an a mechanic or something like that right well and so when we talk about mechanics i mean that's one of the things that we've been talking about as a, a team as well is kind of like how how do you know when a mechanic is funny especially when you're in the design process for so long hmm. or something uh, um i i don't know like the only funny stuff i did was with, with wacky controllers so like if you're asking me like how to design a, a normal game with that you play with the keyboard or with a, a, a controller, a normal game, quote-unquote. Uh, how to design a, a normal game that is funny? I have no idea. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Like, this is probably very difficult. Um, I, like, I would have to think about it. But, like, how... On my side, when I make a, like, if I want to make something funny, yeah, it usually come after. Yeah, and I mean, I think every designer, and for some of the designers we've been talked to, like, I think a lot of their own personal knowledge is in how they design. So, I, like, this idea of, like, a normal game versus not, like, for us, we're really interested in you and your practice. And, like, for you and your practice, when you're designing, right, you kind of start with this mechanic that you've been playing around with. And then mm -hmm. when you, as the designer, when you're making, say, that either that light game or the fishing game uh, without water or with actual water, like, when in that process you're like, oh, no, this mechanic is now funny, or, like, I'm going to try to make this mechanic more funny. Like, when, what are you considering? What, when in the process are you kind of putting humor into that mechanic for yourself? Mm. Let me think a little, because, I mean, in all those, all those games I shared with you are kind of old. 
at least five years old. Um, how do I? I guess it's. I don't know if I even thought even if I even think about it being funny, but I think about it being fun. And fun is so vague. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, so like you talk about this idea of like ridiculous, right? Like I, the the game of like, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that is more of an intention. For example, the Mimo Vision. The other did I share videos of that? Oh, which, which, the Mimo Vision, the game with that you have to mime, and it's yeah, the two-player yeah, game. Yeah. Okay, I, I shared videos of that. Okay, good. Um, so for this game, I think we were we wanted to to do like this async gameplay where one player has vision of the truth and the other player has uh, the control and they have to communicate. But I guess I was like, oh, but with movement, it would be funnier. <laughs> With with miming, is that a word? Yeah. Okay. Uh, with miming, the 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 intention by blocking communication, like verbal communication, and then we made tricks in the in that game. We made tricks where the the game lies to the pay, to the person with the controller, and the person with the vision have to like tell the truth and so it it creates um funny moments whereas the player with the control is facing a wall but there's no wall i mean they see a wall but there, there's no collision in that wall the the player with the truth is miming like go forward and then moving his hand doing a gesture like go forward and the player with the control is like but I'm I'm stuck at the wall. What do you want me to do? And the other one's like, "Come on, man, just go forward." And that this this clash of like information and the the other the the person doing the gesture, they don't understand why this the, the other player is like taking so long because they see no wall, and they're just like, "Just why don't you go forward?" And this problem of communication, I think, is kind of funny. At least the player find it funny so we made more of those yeah and uh, and the and there's a a set of doors with passwords that you have to well communicate the the password by gestures and then it becomes a game of uh uh of miming so like i'm gonna mime an angel or a dog or something like that right yeah i mean i think that that really shows through in your work. And I mean, that game looks really, it kind of reminded me of uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes a little bit. Uh, the idea yeah. where like, one person has all the information and the other person doesn't. Uh, or like each have bits and they're trying to put it together. Yeah, and those are, I don't know if they are funny during the gameplay, but they are certainly funny after the gameplay. Like when the bomb explodes, the yeah. players are very like, Oh, why did you tell me that? Oh, it was so unclear. And I mean, that game, they they go on purpose to to use like little symbols that are incomprehensible or making a manual that is so obtuse and makes no sense. And it's it's 
I, I don't know if it's funny. Like if it was a real manual, if you bought a chair at IKEA and that those were the instructions, you would be frustrated. But mm. because it's a game and the consequences aren't so dire, I mean it's then it becomes funny. I don't know. It's also yeah. because you're two players. I think it's much easier to make players laugh when there's more player in the room. Yeah, so that's a that's a piece we were also kind of interested in, and your games I think speak to this quite well, is kind of the social aspect of humor for games, both in the players communicating, but also in the idea of like having spectators or an audience. Um, yeah. Like for for example, in Mimal Vision, if that game you played alone with like a Kinect or something, it would be just frustrating. You, mm-hmm. It would be just like you fighting against a controller that doesn't recognize your movement correctly, and you would be frustrated. But doing that with an audience where the player have to mime, and they know they are ridiculous, but that's the game. To, to play this game, they must endure being completely ridiculous, doing completely funny movements to talk with the other person. And the the, the 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 player with the control look at the player and saying like you look completely ridiculous, but that's what we need to finish this game. So let's continue. And especially during a game jam, there's often an audience around those two players, so they play together, but they also have spectators, and the spectators are just looking at those two being completely silly, being like, what are you even doing? They they might not even understand the the, the nuances of the game. Saying like, why are you doing all these gestures? Like, what what is going on? And it's intriguing and it's funny. I mean, it's always funny to watch your friend, your friends doing silly dances and movements or splashing waters or yeah. Yeah, and I think that really shines through in your games. I mean, the idea that like it, it sounds like you've almost designed some of them around the idea of having an audience. Like, is that a fair uh, thing? Yeah. Kind of design your humor around people watching these people play? Like, because you were saying yourself, you want to laugh at them playing, right? Like, even if that audience is just you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is stuff that comes, I mean, maybe it's, I don't know if it's me, but I think for any good designer, they will get there by intuition. Like, we didn't, like, when we were designing those games with my teammates, we weren't sitting at the table saying, like, how are we going to make the player laugh? Like, no, nobody designs like that. Uh, we, we throw ideas and we find it funny. It's like, oh, let's make a game where you have to do movement to communicate oh. to the other players. Oh, they will do silly movement. It will be funny. And then, oh, yeah, let's do that. It sounds funny. And so we find it funny. We prototype it. And we're like, yeah, it's actually funny. It's actually, we, we're laughing. So that's good. Yeah, and I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And so, I mean, for both Mark and myself, uh, I mean, we've made some games on our side, but I don't think either of us would consider ourselves like game designers in the same nature you are. And so... For you, you're saying like it's it's absolutely like like ridiculous that the team would sit down and go, let's design around being funny. So like, when does humor kind of come into that for you guys, like or for you in your own work? Like, when do you start thinking about humor 
in the design process? I think it's 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 kind of early on. It's you. I mean, we start with as I was saying earlier. Like we start with the idea, um, and then we 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 see some funny bits, and we were like, oh. Is this the direction we want to go in, or are we making a game that's more serious? Because obviously, it will change everything. So when we all agree, like, oh yes, I think the best part of this idea is the funny moments that it can generate. Okay, now how can we make it more funny then? How can we increase this feeling? How so? If we are asking the player to do gestures, how? Can we make them do more elaborate gestures or bigger gestures? If we're trying to make them splash waters because it's funny, how can we make them splash more waters? Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so I, the other piece to talk about is because Mark and I both, uh, well, Mark helped me because uh, due to the fact that the game was in French, but that, that other game that you sent, it's like a walkthrough um, where you're kind of... <laughs> yes. Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about that one? Because that one seems like it's meant not for, unlike your other ones, which were meant for multiple players, that one was very much kind of meant for an individual to experience, correct? Yes. Yes. This game is meant is more of a traditional game that you, you're alone at your computer and you play this. Le météorologue et le vieux monsieur. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So this game, how, let me remember. So. This was also in a game jam where I had very little time. Um, for this one, I want... Like, it was some sort of a sequel-ish to another game I made in, high, in school um, where the important aspect was the voice of the narrator. narrator. Um, so for this, um, I wanted to have a real human speaking. I wanted to be a, a normal voice, not a movie voice, not a TV voice, but like a normal person talking, telling a story um, with um, Francais Québécois, French Québécois uh, way of speaking, because like I wanted that voice to be heard so that's why i made this game where you the important aspect was the 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 voice and then at which point did it became oh i wanted to be funny i don't remember i guess yeah. it it's no. it, sometimes it's just because like you're at a game jam and you have very limited time and you just want to work on what feels good at the moment and you're i mean i was thinking at my audience like who will play this game like we will play it at the end of the game jam i will show it to everybody they will play it it will be short i want them to have a good time so what's one way of doing that well it we can make a funny game with a giant squirrel and uh, like a cloud that pees on <laughs> the the snub uh, 
météorologiste. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think that game kind of, it shows a very different side of humor than the other ones. Like it, the other one, the other games that you sent have much more around like the mechanics of the game and the, the spectatorship of the game. And this one was seemed very much more focused on the narrative. Yeah. 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 And so like, what are kind of some of the differences that you would say you would think about in designing a game that's focused on narrative versus uh, the other ones where you're focused more on the mechanics and spectatorship? The differences, well, in a way, it's still kind of similar because you're still thinking of the player. You're still thinking of the audience, but the way they will play is different. If if you're making a multiplayer game, well, you know that they will be standing next to each other, so they will probably they they are in proximity enough to banter and poke at each other or splash water in each other's face to distract the opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, when for le météorologue et le vieux monsieur. Um, like I knew my audience would be one player with headphones to hear the game. So there's no audience at that moment. Anybody watching it would see nothing because the game has very minimal in terms of visuals and it's all about the audio. Right. That was also an important aspect of that game. Like I wanted to focus on audio to make audio games. Um, and then it was i guess it was me writing under a very short time period with like high a lot of pressure like i had very short time to write the script of that game and i was like "Eh, i don't know like oh there's a giant straw and like i don't even remember where the idea came from from the meteorologist and the old man is i guess it was from the theme of the game jam I really don't remember what the theme was, but I'm guessing there was probably something in there. Like it was probably a challenge. Like, can you put these four things in your game? And I was like, ha ha ha! Look at me! <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And and it's like you're trying to write a story, like this little fable that needs to have all these elements. And it's like if I just put if I draw four words in a dictionary and ask you to make a story about it, like usually the only way to do that is like completely ridiculous and uh, you're just pulling the ropes trying to make it happen. And then, so it's ridiculous, so let's embrace it and let's make it funny. I kind of have like two other questions around this and hopefully we can still be done in the hour that we said this would take. One is kind of, I mean, we were touching on it slightly. Like you designed that game. It's it's definitely a French game. And as Mark made it clear, it's definitely like a, a very specific French game. And so as a designer, do you consider kind of like in that game, you know, this audience is meant for this kind of individual? Uh, like how much does like language or your audience make a difference in kind of how you're designing a game? Oh, for sure. Like in for this game, I I knew that probably only French Quebecois would understand the full aspect. Maybe uh, French people from France would like understand most of it, but they might miss some words. And so it will be harder for them to laugh because their brain is half, their brain is spent processing the language barrier. 
And then for anglophone, like, yeah, no, that's there's i'm sorry <laughs> you cannot play this game i i won't put subtitles because that's like that's it won't it won't work yeah i guess part of the question there though is like is there a difference in how you design a game that's in french versus how you design a game that's in english and how you conceptualize humor uh it's similar i'm i have a easier time writing in french obviously mm-hmm. uh and I have an easier time writing jokes in French, like or things that will be funny. Um, in English, I can do it, but it will be more difficult. And sometimes I won't use the right word, and so the audience is reading, and like again, half their brain is pensing, like, "Hmm, that's not the real word here." Like. Oh, the the author of this game is probably a francophone, and like their brain is not fully dedicated to the act of the joke. Right. I mean that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So just realizing we have ten minutes left, and first off, again, thanks for the amazing interview so far. This don't all- don't worry. I I mean, unless you have stuff to do, like I have the day off. We'll have an interview later today that we have to prep for, but I mean that's oh, good sure. to go a little bit over. Um, because it's not right after this, we wouldn't back-to-back interviews like that. Um, however, um, I'm going to get to kind of those two hard questions now that you said. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, kind of after, you know, talking about a lot of this, so like, and thinking about it and reflecting on a lot of the games that you've done, like, how would you kind of define humor as a designer? This question is always difficult because, like, I don't... Again, I, there's people that are much more intelligent than me that can define humor and humor in games. I'm just a clown who don't know why it's funny. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of, we're not looking for like a, a theoretical answer here or anything. We're just more kind of like to you, like what is funny? What is humor? How do you understand that? I mean, definitely doing funny movements is definitely funny. Asking people to step out of their usual boundaries in a way that is um, friendly and casual and we're all laughing and it's a game. Um, I think this forced people of being, to embrace being ridiculous and Mm -hmm. then they laugh. So I guess that's funny. <laughs> that's 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 very basic for an answer. No, I mean, and that we're like I said, we're not looking for anything specific. It's more just kind of part part of how I believe in. I I actually think it's quite a good answer. And then part of what I how I try to define things is how people in themselves define it. I think is a great way to kind of figure it out. Um, so I don't like don't in any way. I think that that's like boring. I mean, when you laugh, when you laugh, it's funny. Um. And yeah, like I, I make a game, I'm laughing, I think it's funny, the audience is laughing, they, they think it's funny, the players are laughing, they think it's funny. All right, I guess that's a funny game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way to approach it. I mean, so would you say then part of part of designing for humor is kind of iterative design where you bring prototypes to people and you see how funny they find it and then you ask yourself, well, can I make this funnier? Can I? What oh, can I do? Oh my god, yes, of course. Like this 
that's that's how you make games in general that's how you get good games and that's for sure how you get funny games like um they like the the let's say portal is a funny game and because they have good timing and they iterated so much on their level to get yes to get the puzzles right but also to get the jokes right and to tweak them so much mm. and that's that's for sure iterative is the way to go and i'm sure if you ask like um a stand up comedian like how do you make your your one hour show and they'll be like well i wrote some joke i tried them in a bar and one of them made people laugh and the rest was terrible so i keep the good one and then maybe i rework the bad ones or i scrap them and find new ones that's iterations i guess so for games it's the same thing yeah no i i totally agree um it's just it's nice to hear it from a designer as well um I guess since we have some time, if you don't mind, uh, one of the one of the pieces we've kind of been talking about as a team, and we're not sure how much it applies, is this idea of like memes and meme culture, and like what a meme is as opposed to humor. And it, it kind of seems like some of your games have mechanics that people might say like you're memeing about game design or you're memeing about like controls. Uh, do you ever kind of think about the term meme or kind of like consider that in your work? I've never heard that word used in that way. For me, a meme is like a funny image on the internet. Like okay. I've never heard used as a verb. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. Maybe you can explain what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, meme alone is its own can of worms. And when it comes to humor and when we're defining the term, right? So like some people will say like a meme is like that image that you, you imagine, right? With text or whatever online. But some people would say like, Oh, that person is a meme, or they are memeing in what they're doing, uh, which would be like they're they're doing something somewhat humorous or uh, ironic or incongruous to something else. Um, which so like, I was just curious if it's something that you've considered at all in your work, and it's not, and that's totally fine. Because uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair. Um, like, not that I don't make little funny images with text. That are memes and I share I share them with my coworker. So but that's yeah. that's yeah, not yeah. that that's not my art. Like <laughs> that's not my Yeah, class. no, I, No, for sure. I told I I hundred percent agree. Oh yeah. I guess but I guess when you make that those kind of images, it's still the same process. You're still thinking about the audience. Right. Like when I make a joke about the tools that we use at work that is terrible and slow and I share the joke with my co-workers I know they will find it funny I don't share the same images with other people because they won't get the joke so in a way it's very similar you think you always think about the audience that was our interview with Narv thanks again to the Tag Lab for supporting this series and thanks to you for listening <laughs>